New Vision is a church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and it is passionate about people getting in the scripture. Thank you for joining us as we step into this scripture reading through the book of Galatians. Day four with Andrew Cloud. Andrew, welcome again. It's so weird to hear Andrew. Yeah. Well, Cloud, welcome again <laughs> to the podcast and everyone listening. Thank you for joining us again. Yeah. We're reading through Galatians. We're stepping into Galatians 2, the last half, 11 through 21. Uh, Cloud, yeah. I have been uh, asking people how they are creative. And what I mean by creative is like often, you know, you think about painting or drawing or whatever the case might be. I believe all people are creative, yeah, you know, sure. as far as like, you know, even in accounting, you know, how do we solve this or what, you know, getting uh, to a, a destination. I think that's creative. I think that that is a, a means in which people can express themselves, whether it's process strategy or writing a beautiful song. I think that we're all creative. God wired us to be creative. What are some ways that, that you express creativity either personally or, or in, in your job here? Uh, yeah. yeah. So I was thinking, you know, like it's really cool how you use math as an illustration. Like even that's creative, how God wired us. And it, the first thought that came to my mind was, you know, my job, what I do is sermon crafting in a sense. Brady doesn't always preach it the way I'm writing it, but it's like a sample sermon. Yeah. And so it's like, all right, here's, there's so many books and resources and other people's sermons and quotes and blogs. And it's uh, it's almost like an editor type position, like, um, oh, oh, this goes here and then that goes there. No, this follows that one. Word it this way. Like that's kind of how my my brain kind of works. Yeah. And it, it for the job especially. I mean, that's it's really cool. So yeah, yeah. And we, then personally, I was thinking my wife would probably tell you this uh-huh. that any conversation, you know, any event in life or a movie or something like that, there's the processing time. And it's like, uh, you know, oh, very logical that kind of thing. Mm. Like I like to dissect and analyze and put things in a framework that's like, oh, this and that, or, okay, this goes here. Like, okay. It's just kind of how my brain is. Yeah. So. Now, now you, when you, so some people will look at, I have a friend. It's not uh, like a painting. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a friend that when he watches a movie, he'll be like, how do they get that shot and break that down? Yeah, we do that. Yeah. Okay. Sarah's like, wow, I had no idea. Cause yeah. I was actually film studies minor in college. Okay. So not only is it just the actual shot composition and stuff like that, but, uh, you know, hey, what is what is this movie trying to tell about the gospel? Because mm. I think, you know, we're all in the image of God. There's something in, you know, Tolkien oh, used yeah. to say that, is that we're all wanting the gospel oh, to be wow. true. You know, you know, Marvel movies, right? the superhero, you know, all that stuff. So Fun. Yeah. Well, that's a great perspective. Artsy Renaissance. I used to play guitar. Well, I still play guitar. I just don't play it as much. Yeah. Other random stuff. Right. So, yeah. That's yeah. good. Well, thanks yeah. for sharing, my friend. Yeah. Thank you. So you're reading chapter 2, 11 through 21. You want to go for it? Yeah, let's All do right, it. What, 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 uh, what translation, my friend? This is the ESV, the extra special version. ESV. Well, you're extra special. <laughs> let's do this. All right. <laughs> so um, let's wrap up really quickly. So this is in the middle of chapter 2 in Dakota. Yesterday, did a good job. He, he did the first part of chapter 2. Uh, just to really quick, like he talked about how that's more legalism, and there's these this camp in the, the church at Galatia that infiltrated the church. And they were called the Judaizers, and they were, you know, wrong teachers, basically. Mm-hmm. They were saying, you know, hey, the gospel's cool and all, but you need to obey the Jewish law. You have to be circumcised, that kind of thing, in order to really mm-hmm. be saved. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's heresy what is what we'd call that. And so it's legalism, in, in other words, a, a right behavior, 
uh, with a wrong belief. So mm. they, they were believing wrong, but, you know, do the right thing and do that thing in order to be saved. And so that's the first few verses. And then here we have 11 through 21 when Paul's actually, he's still writing to the church at Galatia, and he's actually talking a little bit something different. So we've talked about legalism yesterday, and today's more of the hypocrisy. And those are words that we all kind of throw around when we have our context. Uh, but let's just go ahead and dig in. So uh, verse 11 Paul's writing, but when Cephas, that's another word for Peter, that's uh, Peter's Jewish name, but when Cephas, Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came before James, he was eating with the Gentiles. So there's a group that's coming to Antioch, Peter's there, and he was eating with the Gentiles, and when they show up, he's not. So he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. Verse 13 And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas, Peter, before them all, If you, a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? I mean, so he's he's using logic. He's kind of arguing with Peter there. Then verse 15, he says, We ourselves are Jews by birth, and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that the person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. And here you are doing works. Verse 17, but if in our endeavor to be justified with Christ, We too were found to be sinners, right? So the Jews are lost as well without Christ. Is Christ then a servant for sin? Certainly not. For if I rebuild what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. Verse 19. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. Verse 20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me, And gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. And so, you know, in that, it's really cool to just follow his logic and this story that he's recounting to the church at Galatia about an interaction that he had with Peter. And the backstory, and I encourage everybody to check this out, is Acts chapter 10. So, Peter is one of Jesus' disciples, Mm -hmm. you know, he's an apostle, leader in the church, big deal, wrote books of the Bible. He has a dream, right? He was obeying the Old Testament laws, which we now call the ceremonial laws Mm -hmm. or the cleanliness laws. In other words, you know, in the Old Testament, Leviticus, don't eat shellfish, don't eat pork, you know, don't touch mildew and don't touch people who do, you know, that those kind of ritual laws. Peter was obeying those because that's what the Old Testament commanded. But then after Jesus is raised, he, he comes to him in a dream and he's like, look, there's no unclean thing. I'm the ultimate sacrifice. You don't have to kill animals anymore. And I am the basis. I am what sets you apart by faith in me is what sets you apart in in cleanliness and being clean and acceptable before God. And Peter's like, what, really? We're not supposed to eat pork anymore? And and Jesus is like, yeah, rise, kill and eat. (laughs) Like, have some barbecue. And (laughs) Peter's like, okay. Like, he kind of does it reluctantly. Yeah. And so that's Peter's backstory. and, And Scripture records that in Acts chapter 10. And so... You know, ever since chapter 10, Peter, he's been on mission, you know, the Acts, he's he's spreading the gospel and the church is growing. And, you know, we could word it this way, Peter's been hanging out, 
you know, with his Gentile buddies who just right. got saved and they're going to barbecue joints, right? Yeah. And he's been going to barbecue joints for a while. And then all of a sudden this camp that we talked about yesterday who says like, well, Jesus is good, but you need to be circumcised and you not you need to not eat pork in order to be saved. In other words, obey the law too. Right. They show up and man, this is just like a scene from high school. I mean, we all, we've all done this at some point. It's like, hey, I got my new friends, and you're hanging out, and hey, what's up? And then the, the cool guys show up, and you're like, oh, sorry, I got to go. Like, you know, you're, so it's you're, peer pressure. Yeah, peer yeah, yeah. pressure, and he's afraid of them. And so the, that other group of friends, I mean, they're, they're legalistic and they're wrong, but now here Peter is, he's acting, acting hypocritical. Right. And so Paul calls them out and calls them out publicly. And I think that's like, well, that's, wow, why is, is the scripture recording this? Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty crazy story. So um, I I wrote down two things that are really cool, like encouragements from this text. Yeah. And the first one is, this is going to sound strange, but it's like, I'm encouraged by reading this story that there's conflict in the church. Hmm. Yeah. That there's conflict in the church and that it's, I'm, I'm using air quotes now, but it's normal. Like, Scripture's recording this, and I yeah, think it's I see so that. yeah, because you know any good marriage will tell you this that it's it's not about the the absence of conflict; it's all about how you have the conflict. yeah healthy conflict exactly so yeah. important and what matters right what matters here yeah. is the gospel yeah um, you know even even on Robert you and I how how long have we known each other like we we've, we've worked together for a minute yeah we've had a conflict or two yeah so and we love each other yeah. and we've always. I mean, that's just normal, and we don't have to be weird about it. Like, that's just part of any time you have people from different backgrounds, different religious upbringings, cultures, and in our case, preferences or opinion. You know, yeah, that wasn't a gospel issue when you and I had arguments or whatever. Right. Sure. This is this is. I mean, know, I was right, but I mean, I right. was right. But, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but this is you know gospel issue that I mean, all that other stuff pales in comparison. Certainly. So, yeah. And so it encourages me, it should encourage all of you, whoever listening to this, that conflict's okay if it's about the right thing, in this case, yeah. the gospel, and that we shouldn't feel fear as long as we're doing it in the right way to uh, contend for the gospel. Yeah, with, absolutely. With air. Yeah. Yeah. When love. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so the second thing that I, I wrote down is, is actually the, the flip side of that, because number two, we never get past the need for the gospel. We never get past the need for the gospel. Well, I find this so amazing because Peter, right, God used him to write other books of the Bible. This is apostle. This is oh, disciple. Yeah. Like, it's a great insight. None of us will have that rank, I'm sure, right? This is an amazing position. You know, Peter, right, of all people, right. needs to be reminded of the gospel yeah. and through conflict. And so whether we see ourselves as a Paul or, you know, we need to sometimes be reminded of the gospel just like Peter was of yeah. all people. Well, how much more so should we yeah. be reminded of the gospel? And I teach the, uh, the one of the baptism classes on mm -hmm. Sunday mornings mm -hmm. with, with Philip. And when we get to this, you know, exchange life thing, I tell people, you know, the gospel is for unbelievers, but it's for Christians too. And I'm serious. Chapter 2, verse 20 is my favorite verse in this whole chunk. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave him himself for me. And I get to that, and I'm like, seriously, write this down. Like, just write the reference and memorize it. Because when I got saved, you know, the youth pastor at the time, he was like, look, seriously, memorize this. This is not only for your identity in Christ. You know, Jesus 
became sin and we became perfect because we traded places with I'm in Christ. You're dead to your sin. You don't owe your sin anything. Mm. And so seriously, right now, if you're listening to this and you can write it down, write Acts chapter 2, verse 20, and memorize it. And if you're driving, don't do that, but like maybe screenshot your phone, Acts chapter 2, verse 20. I think that would be super helpful and encouraging. And uh, thank you for, for being here and letting me do this podcast. And- oh, my goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Such a great insight. You're so talented, such a wise guy. I really, really appreciate your ministry here. Thanks. Guys, thank you for listening. Tomorrow we go into day five. See you then.